Hey, everybody, this episode is brought to you in part by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash apologue, A-P-O-L-O-G-U-E. There's over 180,000 titles to choose from for your Android, your iPhone, or your Kindle player. It's great. It's books on tapes. It's all sorts of things you can get. And if you like to drive and you like to read books, you obviously can't do both of those things, so you need to have books on tape. So go to Audible Trial, Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L.com slash Apolog for your free audiobook today. Also, this show is brought to you by Amazon. Well, not really brought to you by Amazon, but I have an uh, Amazon affiliate program. So go to applelog.ca and click on the banner located on the right side. You can locate your country. There's a Canadian one, a USA one, and one for the UK. Okay, UK folks, pick it up, okay? You're not buying anything. Buy some stuff. Or does, does Amazon, do UK people have like a sort of bias? They don't like the Amazon website. They like to go to local shops. That's good if you do. But if you aren't and you like to shop online, have it arrive on your front door within the day, Go to applelog.ca, click on those banners, on banner, and bookmark the linked banners. And every time you shop on Amazon, use those links to shop and support the show. It costs you no extra money, and it's a great way to support the show. Patreon.com slash Applelog is a place to pledge as little or as much as you want on a monthly basis to help with my hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time, and I have patrons. They are Michael Pitts, Curtis Pippen, and Mark Peralta. So go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash apologue and get pledging. Insight Recorders, now working with download codes. If you're a band and you play clubs and you don't want to make CDs, you need download codes. They'll sell, you sell a piece of paper, essentially, over the internet. My cat's getting a little, it's on my, my cat's on my lap. My cat's on my lap. You need download codes to sell virtual copies of your album over the merchandise table, and I will help you customize and set up a page with your branding for customers to both download and purchase your music. There's a few other ways, options to do it. You can have your own store, and I will send you a little piece of code that you can embed into your website, or your webmaster can do that, or you can do it if you're smart. And you can either go that, or I can make you a store. Uh, go to Insight Recorders and contact me. Hit the Contact Me page for more information. Also dealing with online mixing. You can send your recorded album to me and it will be mixed and mastered and it will sound better. It'll be a better job. Also, um, there's other things. Like I record bands. So if you were interested in being recorded by moi, that's French for me, for all you Americans down there, go to InsightRecorders.com for rates and more details. Applelog.ca slash shop is a place to pre-order my new acoustic album, buy a t-shirt, which are running out fast, and buy a four, the Foursquare discography for $20. That's 70-odd songs. Like the show on Facebook, go to facebook.com slash Pod. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. And that's it. Today, I have a very good friend. Uh, he's an interesting man. His name's Ben Rispin. He used to be in a bunch of bands, a ton of bands. He's also a promoter in, based in Hamilton. He's the co-founder of Burley Calling, which is a sort of now, it was a locals-only sort of pub crawl place, like a festival. It's expanded now. It's back to just being locals-only. 
what can I say about him? He's in a band called Rules. Um, he's the singer in this band. I'm going to play you some music right now, and you'll be able to hear it. Here it is, Rules, and the song is Victims. Too many ghosts in their wake 
And there it is. Victims by Rules. You can purchase the whole album by going to insightrecorders.com slash rules dash music. Okay, you can rewind that and you can you can get it again. Because uh, I'm not a radio guy. Everybody, let's get into this. This is my interview, my conversation with my friend, Benjamin Rispin. Enjoy. Hey, uh, Ben, holy shit. What's new? Lots of stuff. <laughs> lots and lots of stuff. I don't know where to begin. I, uh, I'm not sh- uh, playing music, doing lots of events, producing a lot of film and TV stuff, comic books. There's a lot of things going on. You always seem to be a guy that has many things on the go. Uh, is this is this always been this way? Are you always a busy guy on the go? Um. I've always sort of been busier. I've always been ambitious that way. I think right now because I have different projects that uh, are actually making a little bit of money and help me get paid. I have a hard time turning down anything that's going to help me, you know, pay the mortgage at this point. Mm-hmm. So it just sort of ends up like because, as you know, is when you live this kind of like creative lifestyle or like you know your own lifestyle. We all work twenty four hours a day to not have a nine to five sort of thing, and uh, mm-hmm. and I think something happens and I'm like, Oh, that can fit into what I do. Um, I can make a little bit of money off that. Then I'll, I'll, I'll try to get it done. Or if I can't do it, I I've started being able to hire some people and they can help help with it. You know, if that makes any sense. It's knowing when to start getting other people involved. And when you're a one man show and then you get other people sort of on your boat, you don't want those people sinking your boat. You want them to uh, help you cruise along and, and it's a tough you know you've got a real solid core group of friends out there and that seems to be a i think that's a hamilton thing i think that's a, a west end thing is community yeah yeah i mean there's a lot to like it's it, i mean in everything i do it's always it's everybody's so supportive out here in so many ways like like just as you're saying that i'd like people to start popping in my head of who's who's a contributor to that. It would be take a while to name them all, but like as far as like shows or just promoting like these, there's guys like Lou Molinaro who really kind of provide um, Lou Molinaro being one of the owners of this St. Hollywood host of lose control. um, Sort of like a, you know, punk rock legend out this way. Um, He also sings in the band Tung Fu, but he's a very influential guy out here. And I think he's really kind of as far as the music or punk rock community has gone as, as as really provided, um, uh, an environment of we can all do this together and nobody should really be fucking each other over when, you know, just if everybody communicates, then we can work together. And then as far as like the bands and stuff, it's always sort of been like that. Hey, like you want to play this show? And then uh, all of us, like, you know, like, I, I mean, friends, mutual friends like you, like the boys Night out guys are right up to like, you know, one of my best friends, like Chuck Coles, we've all kind of known each other for 20 years. So at this point it's like, you know, each other better than your cousins or your first cousins and stuff like that. Maybe not your siblings. So it's like, Everybody's just kind of down to help each other, so we're we're pretty fortunate. It's you know it's it's maybe it's regional, maybe it's up in the water. I don't know, but we're I'm pretty lucky to be able to to operate in the area I do. I think for sure it, I with, think, with the people. I I think it's a regional thing because I know there's communities in Toronto where it is sort of like a a co-op ethic where everybody sort of gets together and makes something out of it. But it seems like Hamilton and Burlington and that area seems to be a spot where it fosters it more because it is on the periphery of Toronto. Is, is that make sense? Or is that talking to mass? Um, I, I think, yeah, maybe, maybe because the, the, the proximity to Toronto has always been, um, it's always been helpful that we can get there. And this is kind of like, 
it's yeah, it's it's that golden horseshoe from St. Kitts to what I, to to like uh, Oakville, really. Like that that's kind of the same. The 905 scene is is what they used to call it back in like the 90s, and I think that's where a lot of it all kind of comes from. And you know, there was always like the 416 versus 905 shows, and I, I mean, there was always tongue in cheek. No one was really like yeah. verse, you know what I mean? It was just like you know, everybody's it was all for friends, but um, and I think so many people were kind of successful in it where they, 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 they could stay motivated to not leave or give up or quit and just go get a normal job. So enough people kind of like, you know, like, uh, like Ian from black box, you know, he was the singer of full blast, Ian Stanger, like he went on to start black, like, or, you know, black box after full blast kind of had a little bit of success with dine alone, you know, like, so people always got that little taste of success, which kept, I think people motivated to continue trying to do things like shows or bigger concerts or festivals. If you're just like a, you know, like myself personally, I started booking shows when I was 13 for like punk bands and stuff at churches, right? And now I'm, you know, I, I still do that, <laughs> not at churches as often, but I mean, now we do festivals and, and, and things like that. So everybody just kind of grew with it. And uh, maybe there was a lot of talent. I think a lot of the talent comes from, you'd see in at, at our age group, uh, local bands, like say like a grade or something, have have some success, get a label going to you. Like, oh, if those fucking guys could do it, they just live around the street. Then why can't we do it? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So I think a lot of it might have come from that. Um, I think there was just a, it was just a melting pot of of boredom as well, like bored people who wanted to go do a bunch of mm -hmm. fun, cool things because there wasn't a lot to do in our areas. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's different metalheads, different kinds of I don't know. There's so many factors that play into it. Looking back now, over the past like 30 years, I guess almost 25 mm -hmm. years that play into why this area became the way it is. Um, it's really hard to, to, to pinpoint down any one reason. Uh, the House of Zack on the Mountain is definitely one that was a huge one for like a lot of the early hardcore kids, like like Left for Dead and all those guys. Yeah. That, Cause that, that, that ended up influencing like stuff that happened with no idea records. Like, like, so there was just so much history here that it, 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 it's just it's like it's almost like it's just ingrained in the culture. And then if you even want to go back further, like if you're talking to Lou, he'd be like, "Well, it all started with Teenage Head, you know." So it's it's always been here, like through a generation, mm -hmm. through generations of that kind of uh, that DIY ethic, maybe. And it's and but even though it's it, it like, you know maybe it's not even DIY. It's like DIY with your community or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard to pinpoint. But yeah, I, I, I there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of people I know that have been more influential and important to making facilitating this environment that we can all kind of uh i don't want to say thrive in but like pay our bills in that are, that are more important than me that said might be able to answer that a lot better yeah my observation and my observation is only my observation but the idea that you are close to a metropolis and what was considered the 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 center of canada which is toronto but i'm using that very yeah. obviously you can tell my voice the fact yeah, yeah. that you're far enough away that you can say you know what Fuck Toronto. We can do anything we want here, and that I think is a uh, is the thread that goes through all the way from teenage head years all the way through now. Like we don't need Toronto. We don't. Oh, need, that, that, you know that that is definitely a theme. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't need Toronto to help us. We're going to go help ourselves. And actually, if you think about Hamilton's proximity to say Buffalo or to the states, you're closer to America than we are by like yeah. two hours yeah. or an hour and a half at least within traffic. So you can get to America faster and bands like Grade would just be across the border playing in Buffalo all the time and they'd just take yeah. off and they'd be in the States. And they're one of the bands, I think, that really kind of got out of there in the 90s, right? Or is there other bands? Like, there obviously is other bands. Just I, in that I, I, was, I mean, like, in our, in my personal circles, Grade was one. But I mean, and then, you know, Monine followed shortly after. And, yeah. and But I think Grade 
was really that one that <clears throat> and i mean there's also like finger 11 for the, the rock guys so like kind of like uh alt rock radio rock guys have like their greatest finger 11 so those mm. guys got that same sort of amount of motivation you know like um and i'm not saying that like as a knock by any means like no. like idol sons like bikey stick or you know th that crowd like who are really talented songwriters and stuff like that they theirs was finger 11 so they they you know there's the parallels there so that there's a lot of different kind of people working at it but um yeah the the, the proximity to the border is a huge one um i, I recently talked with joel from dine alone records and and um because he was like right in saint Catharines. yeah that's where they started and then he said like that's basically what shaped their whole scene is, is they could go there all the time because there's better shows because americans couldn't get over the border to come play here so that really I mean, and obviously what, you know, we all know what, you know, Dynalone's legacy has become to one of the you know, biggest influencers. So yeah, like it's regional, it's, uh, it's community. I think at the time there was like all these really resourceful message boards. Like, I, like, and I know that seems kind of lame, but they, like looking back, they were really a big part of like, I guess, you know, to not, you know, to the networking aspect of things, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah, I hate using that term, but that's where a lot of friendships in like, a lot of friendships and, and connections and musical connections were born. Like the, uh, the Bedlam Society, again, the Bedlam board that Joel started uh, when he was starting Bedlam Management, I think the message board came first, but that was a big one. That was a big hub. You know, we had these hubs. Now everybody's hubs kind of focused on, on like their own pages on say like Facebook or something like that. There's not like community there doesn't boards. Seem to be as many message boards and things like that. And, and it's, it's weird like to think of message boards as like sort of like a, a cool thing of the past because it's still associated with internet <laughs> like internet's like uh like with the internet and like the internet's obviously is has done what it has done to music but i think that was a uh, those early days of, of message boards and, and community and like trying to get shows really helped because before that we were all and you know this you know mm -hmm. probably better than anybody that we were all trying to book by payphone and shit like that yeah. book tours and book shows and like and then all of a sudden we had these message boards and like, oh, I know that guy. Oh, you like that record? Like before mm -hmm. the internet, like I was buying records because of thank you notes, <laughs> thank you lists. You know, I'd buy like a Propagandi record and who do Propagandi thank, you know, this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go buy those records. Yeah. So then all of a sudden, like at that time, but then the, it like with the, the way the social, the direction social media took, I, I feel like there still is like little group pages and things like that, like say on Facebook or, or, or whatever. But I don't think it's that same excitement and hub of all of a sudden having all the access to all these like-minded people for the first time in the universe, like or on, on the planet, really. I think the tricky part too is now we have what Reddit. Reddit's sort of the closest thing to say a forum. Reddit doesn't yeah. really seem to be as powerful as when it first came out. Like that would be the closest thing we have to forums, um, sharing information in a in a big circle of friends. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, Reddit's great. Like, I like, I'm, I'm a Reddit addict, probably like anybody else on the fucking internet. Yeah. But yeah, it just doesn't have that. Like, uh, like you'd have communities like of, of like a thousand people on, like, say, the 905 board or whatever. You know, like that are all just talking about the same shows and shit like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, Reddit's it does happen, but it's not it's it's not to the same extent, and it's it's definitely not as personal. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like you would know everybody on say like Bedlam or 905 or even J J. Um, Jay's 519 board, Jay Cloth, he had the 519 board. That was that was a huge community for a while. Mm -hmm. um, you would know them, like, oh, that's fucking Party City. And we, we you know, we both know Party City, but you mm -hmm. know people by their handle. Like, it's kind of a, that's Snacks, you know, who was Mark Johnson, who was like the ska guy, you know, it was kind of a, kind of a weird thing. And I don't really, this is like kind of my first time actually putting some thought into like how fucking mm -hmm. weird that was and how, how much of a, 
a focal point for at least Southern Ontario music, like how relevant that'll be in the, in the years to come. I, I mean, the connections that were made, like, again, like Dine Alone and mm-hmm. Black Box Records and these big record labels, that's where they, you know, they got their start. Alexis on Fire got like, they're hugely supported on message boards. I mean, a lot of people credit their success to Much Music and Much Music is definitely uh, had a huge impact on getting that band over a hump. But I mean, they were already pulling out like two, 300 kids per, per show just because of the, their message board popularity. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of funny that impact of those early days of fucking the internet had on everything. Yeah. the In our, in our area, I'm sure other areas were probably cool. Yeah. Now, um, I think what ruined forums is these bots that people install into the forum and saying, want to get cool sex toys? Uh, you know, yeah. like <laughs> that's what ruined yeah. forums is spam. Because then you would all be going playing with the cool sex toys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you see, we had no point to go to shows now because all the toys yeah. are out. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why am I going to a show? What am I going to a show? <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Um, now, you are sort of the, the founder of Burley Calling, or is this your your group of people? Uh, yeah, I'm actually not coffeeed up. I'm getting a little. I'm enjoying. I'm having a smoke. This is a, a juju pen. I recently got my medical marijuana license. Oh, good for you! Congratulations. Thanks. And so I'm I'm having a little toke while we talk. Oh, so really? I, oh, little, okay. Yeah, I figured why not. Yeah, why not have a little? Is that a vapor thing or is that a real it's smoke? A vape, yeah. Oh, cool, man. It's a vape. I don't yeah. uh, I don't subscribe to the vapes, especially when people are trying to quit smoking smoking, because I, I think there's some stuff in there that wants to, uh, that will come out that will give us shorter I, arms and stuff. Yeah, I think you're just changing the devil. You're, you're swapping devils there. Yeah. But yeah. Um, Burley Calling. Burley Calling. Back to Burley Calling. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I am one of the founders. We started Burley Calling with, when we were, I was playing in St. Alvia. Um, I think the name Rob passed. Actually, I'm Rob passed. Like, but what we did is we needed to do a tour fundraiser for our bands. Like we were kind of popular in town at that time still. And uh, we needed to get some money together. I guess we were out of tour support from the label or whatever. And so we just made this joke tour uh, across Burlington. Uh, we called it Burley Calling, like London Calling, right? Like because we're all big, you know, Clash fans. And um, and uh, it was like we played from one end of the city, not like to the to the end to the other, with like uh, about four shows. And then we made up like we thought it was funny to make up like joke novelty, like laminates for the bands that were playing, like like presented as this tour. But, it, you know, it was just across Burlington. And that was uh, it was fun. And it was and the last show was at just like this keg party. And it was a lot of fun and tons of people came out. And then we we're like, and that was during the summer. And then we we're like, OK, that did great. And then sure enough, next year came around. And we found ourselves in a very similar situation. We're like, let's do Burley Calling, too. But I had always kind of done the, the logistics and the booking and all that. Like, I'd kind of always put it together. Like, I mean, we'd get together with the band and they'd say, I'd like to see this band play with us or I want to play with that band. And then I was always the one that kind of coordinated everything. And then I was living in downtown Burlington at one point, And then there was all these pubs. And I was like, you know what? It'd be cool to do like a fucking cool punk rock pub crawl where like just punk bands playing all around and all these bands can, people could walk around to it. And so into like a different kind of beast where like it wasn't all I think it was year three where it wasn't all St. Alvia shows we had like bands like Monster Truck or Walk Off the Earth headlining their own little pub shows and uh, and, and things like that so that's where it started to change and then we were having a hard time getting like the bands we wanted because everybody was on tour or we'd either compete with um, other festivals in the summer months so we said let's turn it into kind of a year end party and do it in, in the winter 
uh, and just kind of have like a, make it sort of like a big Christmas party so we can all kind of get together before Christmas. <laughs> and so that's sort of where it's lived for the past seven years. And then this year we're going into year 10. So, I mean, there's a lot of partner now, Brown being dissolved. Uh, I, I got my partner, Brad Hales. He came in and he really helped uh, make it a lot better <laughs> like in, in so many ways. Um, and then also, uh, more recently, uh, we, I brought, we brought in a third partner. His name's Jesse Bai, who was kind of like uh, just hanging around every other year we did it. And he's really stepped it up and he's helped with the organization. He basically runs the thing now. So, um, and a lot settled into being a figurehead of it. It's kind of like yeah. um, Putzafest kind of started the same kind of idea, right? Um, same idea. Clubs, it's sort of like you know, North by Northeast and all that stuff as well. Uh, absolutely. They, they just became um, – they just had bigger budgets. Uh, we don't really have any support. We have zero support from the city, which is kind of why we're doing it. And then we kept putting our own money in, and we'd make a little bit of money, and it kind of got stressful. But – Last year, we sort of figured like, like it's best if this is like kind of internal. We bring in some, you know, like we cut, we changed the whole theme to locals only because we were spending a lot of time and money promoting like shows before like fucked up and like awesome, awesome bands. But what that really wasn't doing was helping our local music community. Um, and and I, I felt like I was investing in leveraging other bands that I loved. I, like I really love fucked up, and I love like you know I do a fucked up show right now. I, I throw a fucked up show on Christmas. They're, like I'm not saying that it's not a great thing to p promote fucked up. I'm just saying there's bands that are up and coming that aren't getting the attention from the, the area. Uh, if I'm spending so much time promoting a fucked up show, um, so that's kind of where my, my my thoughts started to shift because what we need around here more than anything is to keep. So we we like so you know like going back to like our first conversation, what we were talking about. We need to keep giving back and making sure that these kids, like who are good bands, get elevated and not discouraged, and show that we support them in our area, so they can start having followings. So if those, because if these bands can bring in people on a Friday night, then all the venues start doing better, you know. And then they can start, bring, you know, like so. We, I, I really kind of remolded it to really try to focus on bringing, uh, bringing the attention to local bands. And I mean, in in Burlington, there's not really a big venue like there would be at Pusa. Like Pusa's got. Uh, on St. Catharines, there's like, well, I mean, amazing proper mm -hmm. venues. We're all setting up in pubs, right? So yeah. it's like, we don't have that. And there is one venue that we could use and do something amazing at, but the city just charges way too much money. Like, like, so we could never go in there. So it's also keeping it local, like a more like, in, but you know, like focusing on, you know, up and coming bands uh, is, is really where we, 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 I think we're comfortable staying for the time being. And that's how it started. I mean, Monster Truck wasn't fucking Monster Truck when they played, you know, the Queen's Head. They were just like our buddies in Monster Truck who were ripped, right? And mm -hmm. so that's – and now it seems like they had all these huge bands. But when they were playing uh, in the earlier years of Burley Calling, they, those bands weren't – those bands weren't fucking huge. Walk off the earth, you know, they had like you know, some YouTube followers. But, you know, they were – and they're bringing 200 people into the Dickens or whatever. Like they're sort of local pubs, but it wasn't like they were playing – events like stadiums like they're doing now so you know maybe then maybe the next generation of those kind of kids from the area will uh will emerge if we you know give them the give them the platform so it's i think that's where we are now with it all very uh, it's very inspiring because a lot of towns and scenes can take a page from that and use that as a great template to keep a scene either going or maybe rebuild it and try to help people out like it's such because I think, you know, I'm trying to sort of 
make it all make sense in my head, but because you're a tight community full of people who've known each other for so long, you can foster young talent and, you know, there's nothing stopping like a Toronto, it seems like something more like a Regina or a Winnipeg even can take that model and say, okay, we're not all going to be our own little worlds playing on our little personal computers. We're going to try and make a live scene here. I mean, and that's what I'm getting out of it. And and it, that is very inspiring to know. Anybody can use that. Just just pay it in, like pay for it, right? Like, well, that that's that's exactly. Uh, yeah, I, I never I never really thought about you know pushing the push the the, the you know the the. Get, yeah, I mean, I think more people. Should. I took that from thinking is from again another guy who was about like far more influential in our scene than I was. Uh, Chris Logan. He always said like a good promoter's got to build a scene, you know, uh, and like that was always kind of his. He was and he sang in like he sang in the like longest war, but he he that was his kind of always his messaging. So I think, and he always had a voice. So I think that maybe uh, just kind of got ingrained in maybe guys like me that were kind of mm-hmm. who looked up to him. So that's we just that's just the way it's done around here. So. <laughs> Again, yeah, maybe regional, but the, the guys around us that kind of uh, – I'm not smart enough to, to really do – I'm smart enough to realize we're doing something wrong, you know? <laughs> but I'm not, I'm like, I'm not, not prolific. Like, but, you know. Well, you're always, um, you're always the idea guy, though. Like, I always – I've known you for a long time, but we haven't really sat and had this conversation. But we have known each other for a very long time, and I always see you coming yeah. in with these big ideas. And, you know, and the funny thing about keeping the big ideas is not all the big ideas work. Most of them work in no. some capacity, right? You know what I mean? Like you have these great big ideas and then yeah. you, you don't compromise for the smaller idea. And if it doesn't work, you're not being discouraged from the big ideas, say, not working out. You're just going to keep moving along. And that is, I think, what success is to me, is that you're not going to let a failure bring you down. And I find myself all the time trying to say, okay, that didn't work. How can I make it better? Well, maybe just move on. Like, don't, you know, like, don't get stuck in the past. That's what I'm catching. Absolutely. And, and uh, a good way to look at failure. And I, I got this from uh, Marco, uh, Marco, who owns Club Absence, where I'm sitting right now. Um, like, cause we, I've obviously, you know, like we always call it the show factory. When you're running a club, it's a show factory, right? Like you try not to like, you try to keep them all um, exciting and stay into it. But you know, like sometimes it's a show, it's a show factory. Like it's just like another show, another show. But he always says like, if you do everything you can and it's a failure, it's not a failure. You know, like it's just some things you're, you didn't fail, but if something doesn't do well and you didn't do everything you can to make it succeed, that's, that's, that's being a failure. Do you know what I mean? So if you do everything right and you try your hardest and you, and, and you try to do whatever you can and something just doesn't work out, then the idea, the, the, you know, like the creativity behind whatever that is you're trying to do, um, you gave that all the opportunity and it didn't work out. That's not a failure that then you're just learning. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you have a good idea and you don't do everything you can do to make it a success um, and you just kind of get lazy about it and think it's going to take care of itself. And then it, it'll and it flops. Then uh, that's, that's the way we look at like, like, you know, that's not being successful. That's, that's failure. Cause mm-hmm. you didn't service that idea. You didn't service the people who were involved in that idea. So that's, that's sort of how we kind of like, if you look, if you can do everything you can do like to make something work, and it works. That's the fucking best. But if you do everything you do and it doesn't, then you tried and you can't. You got to keep going. Like, like then you'll get the next one. You know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's definitely. that's how we look at that as far as shows and things. Yeah, and putting on shows is a long game because you're not all. Yeah, you're not going to get 300 people a night in your place every night. There's going to be some oh. letdowns and there's going to be some amazing shows. But it all and all evens out because the place obviously is still working because it's still open and that is 
that's positive. I played on that very stage actually, right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 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 hard. It's hard work, man. And then there's you know, and things change with fashion. Like things, you know, like you know, like whatever the kids, somebody, you know, some influencer might not think that this venue's not cool anymore. And then so you got to like try to like reinvent yourself to be cool or, or things like that. So it's always tough. But that goes for like even being in bands and you know, times change and stuff. And so you got to try to stay relevant. You got to keep. You just got to keep keep at it, man. But I like. I'm definitely. Me and my wife are definitely not rich, but I, I by no means feel like a failure because I get to work on things that I love doing. Like, and I love punk rock music. And I, well, I, I love all music, but I love. I love the way punk rock comes together, like uh, as pro like everyone's just cooler. It's just oh, it's everything about punk rock is like every other kind of music, but a bit cooler or something <laughs> to me. That's just the way I see it. But uh, uh, you know, like oh, that guy's country, but that guy's like got a bit more punk rock, so he's a bit cooler than that country guy, even though they're still playing country. You know, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the way I like the way like I like the DIY ethos of doing things. Like I like you know like I you know I I, I got to be in that. You know, my first bands were in the tales of like of the 80s and 90s where I was like, you know, gluing together my um, like this, like sleeves for our tapes. I never got to put up vinyl then, but, you know, cutting out our tapes and doing I like so I, I still come from that whole that whole world. And, I, and more so than a lot of different music, I, I feel as far as functioning on the level that I do, uh, that those a lot of punk rock ethos have survived all the different times of like of the Internet of uh, like all of I mean. Of everything that's changed in the past, you know, 20 years uh, since I've been involved in it, um, a lot of those ethos have survived and come out to be fucking legit. Like they're still like they survive because it's the way to look at music and the way to look at production and the way to look at you know putting out art. You know, so they're still there. And I see it. I see kids. I see like, yeah, you know, for example, like the Dirty Nil. Like those kids, like they get it just as much as anybody from, you know, 1977 who started this shit. Like they know what's up. They're well-read. They're well-informed. They know what the fucking, like those guys, uh, I know they're on Dine Alone now, but you know, they turned down record label, like record deals from Dine Alone because it wasn't the right deal for them. Like there's not a lot of kids, or I would like to say that I would have done that when I was their age, but there's no fucking way I would have been all over it. You know, like, <laughs> and so it's, it's nice to like that. Those ethos have survived. And they, and they do exist and and I, and I feel they exist for a reason and so although in my life i've wavered from them probably you know too many times that i'd like to admit um where i am right now is i really think they should be celebrated and they and, and they're and they are the way to to be now and forever yeah i guess well you, you're right Sorry, that was a really lengthy, lengthy answer i love it i love it. you're making this easy for me ben thank you <laughs> okay <laughs> um do you, right. Yeah, yeah. You're saying things about like, you know, DIY and community and punk rock. And we are more that now than I think we were 10 years ago, where now we have power of our own industry. We can basically say, I want to make a record. I'm going to put it out. You know, like we, we've just proved it with our rules experiment we had over the past year and a half. Yeah. Right. Like we've made something that we've done completely on our own. We've had no help from anybody. It sounds kick ass and it's coming people from love, people love it. People love it. And it's coming from a good, honest place. And I think that's how we're going to sell music now. I really do. I think there's, you know, we're on the we're on the cusp and on the point of saying, here's my emotion. I'm selling it to you. Would you buy it? And this is much different than my label is putting my record out for me. Will you buy that too? You know, like it's such a, it's, yeah. it feels like we're almost there and we're not there yet, but we're going to get it because you are selling music right across the merch table 
to the people who can then go to the internet and download this this piece of music and absolutely and and it's it's direct to consumer you know um i mean i think i mean if you want to get a bigger bigger economy uh, like economics i think direct to consumers obviously the way everything's going to be going but uh as far as what we're, we did is yeah it's great like i i just go there and like uh it's funny like i, I went to the merch table we played um the other day and i, I got like I've never sold as much merch ever as I have in this band. Like, like I mean, we're only doing limited runs of shirts, but every every time we played, we we ran out of shirts. I mean, I wish, and I'm only doing like 25 shirts, mm -hmm. you know. But I mean, I've never been in bands that were really really merch heavy bands. But I could have kept selling more. I just run over after we play, and they all sell. But what what you're saying is it's so funny because one guy's like, I really liked your band, but can I buy it off Chuck? I'm a big fan of Chuck. I'm like, yeah, I'll go get Chuck to sell you the shirt. No fucking problem. That's you know what I mean? Like, yeah. hey, Chuck, will you sell this guy the shirt? You know? Yeah, yeah. Can you reach in the box? So it, it, it's that connection. And I think that's, uh, you know, and I like I, I like Chuck too, so I get it. I'd rather buy a shirt off Chuck. I didn't take any offense or anything like that. But it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, if that, that everything is so, such bullshit like with like with social media everybody's always like living a fake instagram life now if somebody can shake their hand and say i know that i just gave my money to you know chuck coles or whatever you know and it's uh it's going where exactly where i know where it's going not some mystery credits online it's uh it's definitely there's something real there there's something real that i think like that human connection is, is something that people are missing and it will always miss we're trying. We're trying to make that happen, and the we're in, we haven't reinvented anything. But I think we're just taking a different angle no, about how no. how to how to purchase something. And you're attaching a download code to a T-shirt, and when someone buys a T-shirt, they get they yeah. get the music. So at the same time, uh, yeah, yes, yeah. Sorry to cut you off, yeah. but even those, like, they're like, oh, where'd you get those made? I'm like, oh, me and my wife cut them out. <laughs> I printed them out at home on thick paper, printed out the things, and then glued those on. And they're like. And then I, I punched them on a tag. I borrowed a tag gun off my friend. And I tell them that. They're like, so you did these tags? I'm like, yeah, everyone. And then people like people like that, man. They like that. You know, everything's so, you know, synthetic now. So yep. it's pretty cool. And, and like, I, I'm really proud. Like, me and Chuck have often said that we, like, that rules thing that we did with you is maybe our favorite record we've ever done. So, mm -hmm. and, and we haven't put any real marketing money into it at all either. It's just all kind of word of mouth. And it's uh, people like it. We keep getting show offers. I wish we could do more, but the other guys got like uh, other bands, yeah. Realer bands, we'll call them. <laughs> <laughs> bands, <laughs> you know, bands with record labels and things like that. So, uh, yeah. We're, we're beer league at this time, but I really love it. I really love that music. And everybody who's it's come across, you should, like, the people who enjoy that band, it's, it's, and I like, I can say this, I feel like without kind of bragging, because I feel like it's, it's really like it's the guys in that band, like, you know, Alex, Chuck and Adam, I mean, are fucking some of the craziest guitar like musicians I've ever met, like on all my travels. And they're all just playing together, mm -hmm. making this one thing. And I think that's what really connects with everybody is it's like when we play live, it's a really strong musicianship and those musical interludes. People, you can see people like start to groove to them and then all of a sudden it comes back with the whatever the fuck it is what I'm doing with them. And then people kind of get into it. It's, it's just a really neat thing. But uh, yeah. I love that band. I'm glad like, I, I wouldn't have, uh, I, I love the way we did that. And I really thank you for uh, taking the time and saying, Hey, <laughs> let's 
let's go record that because I, I really like it. Whatever, whatever end, that band ends up, I, that's something I'm really proud of. That whole project, definitely. And to sort of back- experiment, I like the way. You yeah, it. yeah. The backstory too to that is that you posted a video of you guys in a basement playing that, and I, I was surprised that I was the first one to actually sort of pipe up and say, "Let's record this. This sounds great. This is going to be amazing," and you know we did and and then but the thing was there was this dead period of where everybody was doing their own band and you were doing stuff and then it turned into is this happening is this dead is this even gonna come out and then nine months later you know hey well let's do that and i almost think i was thinking at that point well that's it it's never gonna never gonna see the light of day this amazing recording we've done but the whole time you're recording with steve and everything and you're doing the vocals and everything and uh um, you know, just one more thing about how everybody gels together, that that is such a nice soup of band because you have your young influences and then you have the older influences and then it all just gels together and it makes this beautiful sounding, well-played album that literally was pretty much live off the floor when it comes to the band. Like you obviously recorded vocals and things like that, but we yeah, recorded that four yeah. times. I think we recorded those songs in f- four times in the day. And then we uh, yeah. we didn't see yeah. each other for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, it took me a while to like. I had written vocals, but I wasn't satisfied with them. I, and then I, I went down. Me and my wife went yeah. out surfing, and I was uh, I was just kind of wandering around. Uh, I was listening to the tunes, and all of a sudden they hit me. Like I was like, "Oh, this is what I got to do for this." Not I was trying to do because I was still like a transition from like leaving St. Alvia where I did something completely different on vocals. Mm-hmm. So I was still kind of in that mix where I knew I wanted to do something. I was like, oh, I somewhere near where I was when I used to play in like Video Dead or hardcore bands. And it's going to make a lot more sense with this project. And then as soon as that happened and I started listening to it, I, I was actually on a beach and I didn't have anything to write. And then all these words just started popping into my fucking head. And I uh, I don't know if I showed you. I'll send you the pictures because they're pretty funny. But the lyrics I wrote out on stick on the beach and took pictures away that's how i got those and then i think two or three of this just they all just kind of you know when you get on that roll like i'm sure you've been on the, those yeah. writing roles where you're like oh now you know like uh like you know some sort of block has been lifted and uh it just pours out but yeah i was on a beach and i wrote all those and it seems really weird because i was on like the most peaceful nice beach to be writing such angry shit but <laughs> song what what i wanted to say do you know what i mean like i knew what i wanted to get out of me but i didn't it, it just uh that's where it happened. And then I went, then I got home. I was like, like, Hey, I got this. Let's do this. And even when we went back, when we were going in, like Chuck's like, why don't you try this? I'm like, Chuck, just let me bang it out the way I fucking hear it in my head. Mm-hmm. And then I will, uh, and then we can go from there kind of thing. Like then if you got things, let me, let me just get this out. You yeah. know what I mean? And then Steve was really helpful with like getting me that to get a bit more like, he's like, you can, you can get a bit more metal with that or you can get a bit more, <laughs> whatever, whatever is fucking <laughs> good. It was, it was like that. And then, uh, I went, when they sent you the vocal things, I I, I, I heard your reaction I was very pleasantly surprised. So I thought it was cool. Yeah, man, it was great. You know, because it, it was different, right? That one thing. Remember, yeah. you poor bastard had to sit through that one version of that one song where I was just trying to sing like a helmet or something. I like, I turn it back. I'm like, not that is just the worst thing ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> I got super insecure and started to beat myself up about it. I'm like, what the fuck is yeah. going on? But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. In retrospect, I'm I'm really glad that we waited till the right moment and then we're like, uh, okay, this is what this is. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and then it's, uh, it's. I'm really proud of that shit. Absolutely, me too. And in four songs is one of those things where it will loop and loop forever. And 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 you will. I always, even now, I recorded the thing. I hear stuff, different stuff in it, and it's a, uh, you know, well, it's very well done. And we'll play something on, on the show, like before we start this or something, so people get an idea. The band is Rules, 
and it's actually uh it's out, right? Um, you can buy it. We'll, well, I'll put all the links yeah. and stuff like that. We don't need to talk about that shit. But um, I, yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, you do so many other things. You know, like I remember, like years ago, going to this weird little bar with SNFU, and there you were, you know, <laughs> putting on show. And it was, uh, I think, it was SNFU, yeah, yeah. Foursquare, and No Warning. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was most tavern up in Waterdown. I, I, I actually live in Waterdown now. Oh, okay. I like uh, me and my wife. That's where we ended up moving into. But uh, that that plaza or whatever the fuck it is is completely gone now. Oh. Um, but that was a crazy time. Moe's was uh, like really uh, that place was like this crazy punk rock roadhouse because that show that show was good. I remember there being mm. a lot of people at that show. Yeah, and what a crazy show! Foursquare, no warning, and SNFU. <laughs> like that's a fucking cool show, man. Yeah, you know that's a cool show. Yeah, um, so much fun. Uh, but we did some really big stuff there. We did a Left for Dead reunion there. We did a haymaker sh- like show there. Big Wig played there. There was a lot of like big shows where and people at that time in that area they really wanted to come out. To like we were doing like six hundred people. Like that, that place got shut down not because we were uh, doing poorly. It's because we were in that plaza. If you remember, we were in a plaza and and we were on um, septic water or so, so septic. So we weren't on city water and our bathrooms weren't designed to do the amount of pressure that we were putting on the septic tank and we got. And it cracked and it was leaking like shit and piss into a nearby creek. <laughs> and uh, the funny thing is, because it was called Moe's, uh, we got this letter from MOE, the Ministry of Environment, and they said either install a whole new septic system for a quarter million dollars or get the fuck out. Yeah. And uh, we didn't have a quarter million dollars to keep that going, obviously. <laughs> and it's ripped so down now, right? That's yeah. what happened, but totally gone. Yeah, yeah. it's sad. They're, like that whole area is like. Uh, because even back then, and that was only like 2003 or 2004, I think, yeah. um, the area was still very much like uh, they were talking about all the development, but there were still all farm fields and stuff. And we would get away with so much at that place because it was like this punk rock roadhouse where we were actually – we're closer to Burlington because Waterdown, but Waterdown's part of Hamilton, like, uh, they, you know. And so the liquor inspectors never came to check, check on us <laughs> because of the Hamilton – and the city of Hamilton, even, you know, 12 years ago was pretty rough. So, I mean, they had to deal with like so many other bars. So like nobody ever came in and checked up on us. So it was just like, we got pretty wild up there. It was, it was, uh, yeah, I don't think something like that will ever happen again. <laughs> They're definitely not in our area because, because the stories have gotten out, you know, but, uh, it was cool. It was, a, it was a cool spot. That was, yeah, it was definitely one of my favorite places to play. And it was definitely a place that was sort of hanging on by a string. Definitely always like, you know, like, and, but yeah. it just everybody pulled that place together. And I think it's, you know, coming back around to the sense of community, that's what I felt from that place that everybody loved that place so much. It's like, I love my old shitty car so much that I won't junk it yeah. i'm gonna keep putting brakes on it and tires on it and i'm gonna do what i can until i need to put a quarter million exhaust, uh, dollar exhaust system on it and then it's out the door but i mean you just loved it so much that everybody loved it. and i came in and at first well, time, it was ours it was yeah, ours. yeah you come in you look around you go what the hell is this place and then everybody comes in you can tell that there's this i love this place and then i love it because everybody else loves it and we could all learn something from that you know that especially with community-based yeah, stuff like- you know well, everybody else at that time was listening to, uh, hey, Blake, hey, Blake, Blake, uh, Blake from Anniversary and Straight Reads the Line, everybody. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Simon, that's, there hey, he man. is. How are you? Hi, good. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Blake also works here. We got a lot of fun people who work here. But um, 
yeah, going back to Moe's, uh, yeah, it was ours. And, and there was a huge sense of community. And there was, uh, uh, it was the only place, you know, everywhere else we playing, like, uh, you know, either dance music or just like the tragically hip. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong if you listen to that stuff. But the, our place, we were, you know, we were, like, instead of watching sports, we were watching, you know, the early days of the Daily Show and listening to fucking Rancid. And that was, you know, there was enough people in the area that want, that were like-minded like that and would want to come. You know, mm -hmm. it, was our, it was our place, you know, yeah. place for us. And we could just, you know, donors could hang out and play pool. And, you know, there was never any beef. And, like, mm -hmm. you know, like people, we kind of got that vibe in that area. Like, because there's a lot of pickup trucks and a lot of shit. Like, don't go in there. Those guys are, like, the, the tattooed guys. Like, they're all crazy. But we weren't. It was, like, probably like, the most event free event space you know like yeah. i've been as far as like yeah. the police never had to come like you know we, we kept it all kind of we uh we policed it ourselves you know yeah we knew who the drug dealers were and we said look you know don't be a fucking asshole like that kind of sh you know like we 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 made sure that it, it definitely got uh out of hand at times but we made sure to keep it as safe as we could mm -hmm. uh without any of the cops ever coming around yeah. and nobody really ever got hurt I, I remember the one time somebody got hurt kind of badly was phil wearing you probably know Phil. You know Phil, don't you? I think I know the name, yeah. He's played he plays in Black Lungs. He's played in uh, a lot of bands. Oh, um, right. okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I know him now. Still wearing I remember at the Left for Dead uh Left for Dead reunion is either him or Mike Charette. Yeah, I'm sure you know Charette. Yep. Right? Yeah, um both like guys who went hardcore scenes ran down our bar because if you remember the bar was like a 20 foot bar mm -hmm. and did backflips we're doing backflips into the pit <laughs> <laughs> so kicking beers running down and doing backflips and then phil came out i was outside just checking on things making sure because my younger brother who was probably 16 or 17 at the time was our tour guy and he was like a twig with a mohawk and uh, i don't know who he but he was just taking me he needed a job and uh <laughs> And he was okay, and um, and and Phil comes out in his head. You could he would press in like a basketball, you know what I mean? Like when yeah. I deflated basketball. Yeah. And he's like, "I got to go to the hospital." I'm like, "Yeah, you got to go." And he's like, "I'm like, you didn't do that here." And he's like, "No, no, no, I did it skateboarding." <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like get, get your lies straight before you go tell them what the fuck you're doing. You know, the guy's got a massive head injury, but he people he was all right. You can say I was. But also, we didn't kick him out of the bar for doing. <laughs> doing backflips off and you're running down our bar and doing backflips into the pit. So yeah, yeah, we're yeah. not going to stop you from doing that. Just don't tell the cops we let you. You know, <laughs> a tacit agreement. Yourself. Yeah, you so, kind of, you were the dummy. So uh, yeah, you'd be a dummy anywhere else but here, please, because insurance reasons and whatnot. I think there's a statute of limitations <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, yeah. right? Because I think you know nobody nobody died <laughs> yet. <laughs> <laughs> nobody died. It, it, it was it was a good place. It was a it's, it was I, I probably. It probably would have killed me though. We were eating pizza like all the time because it was the only thing to eat in the area. Yeah. And uh and and partying really hard. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot of partying going on. But it was uh I'll I'll not, like I'll look back on that place fondly forever. It was great. Yeah. It was awesome. That's very cool, man. I yeah. um I know yeah. we're on a bit of a time crunch here. I know I am, so uh I gotta I gotta cut this yeah. little short. Um so, Absolutely, no problem. Yeah, man. Um this is awesome. You know, I you know I really wanted to do this one on one for this for the sake that we, we you know. But uh, in, in the next one we do, I'm going to drive out there and we're going to do it. We're going to do it like in person because I I like that. I like the in person ones better. Yeah, and, and if you want to come with, like you know, maybe, like it would be fun if you, if we did one. You know, maybe get Lou Molinero and get a few other guys. Like maybe get a few other guys. Like that conversation that we were having earlier about the, the regional stuff. Um, you know, it'd be cool to. I think I think there's some guys who who would like be able to really 
pinpoint that conversation a bit better than I did. So it'd be fun if, if there's kind of a different guys from different generations who could contribute to that. I think that'd be a really neat interview. So maybe yeah. we could do something like that next time. I'd love that. Absolutely. But real quick, are you that'd still doing the radio show? Are you still doing that radio show? I do. Uh, I try to do lose every, every now and then. Um, but I, I started this company, Misfit Island. Yeah. That, uh, and then we have so many projects with that right now. I'm having a hard time like getting out of the office for four hours every mm-hmm. Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do it once, uh, once a month with those guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm doing a thing that's coming out, I think, next week on a journal of musical things with Alan Cross. This thing I do called Punk Comics. I'm just doing my shameless plugs right now. Yeah, no, go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, called Punk Comics, uh, where I interview different punk rockers. I should, you should do one, and then I draw them uh, as cartoons. So that's coming out uh, starting next next week. I've, I, I've done it before, just on my through my socials, but now it's a a bit more official. And we're putting the finishing touches on um, a movie, we, a full feature length documentary we did on the band The Reason which is uh, really, really exciting for us. It's, uh, it's a really good eye-opener of what it's like to actually be a Canadian band that has radio play. You know, people, people always think, like, well, I remember when I was in that position, people like, oh, you're on the radio, eh? Uh, I guess the beers are on you. And, like, no, I'm fucking broke and, you know, yeah. sleeping on floors every night. So it's a really good, uh, it's a really good, a really good uh, depiction of what that life is really like. And, um, and then we got another graphic. Yeah, lots of other stuff we're working on too. Lots of music videos and things. But those are the two big ones that uh, I'd like to push right now, if you don't mind. And then rules, please, you know, give a listen to rules. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play something when uh, either at the start or beginning, or maybe even both. And all the links and everything. And let, let me tell you that rules thing. Let's do it again because uh, we should probably do that every other oh, year. Oh yeah, absolutely. We, we already started writing the next one, man. Amazing. We, we, we started writing the next one. We want to call it "God Hates Flags." <laughs> Flags. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome. All right, cool. I'm going to hit stop. Okay. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Benjamin Rispin, everybody. A good soul, a good talk, a good dude, a good hang. What a great dude. I, I Actually, that was one of the good ones, in my opinion. I love the fact that I know there's people out there who don't really do interviews, and I love them for it. And I know there's people out there who do do interviews. And I also love them equally as much for different reasons. Ben is a good talk and a good hang. And I can't express how much I enjoyed that. Back to business. Enough with the kiss and ass on Ben. You can. Right. Don't forget to go to audibletrial.com slash Apolog to choose from over 180,000 books on tape for your iPhone, Android, or Kindle. Does anybody use Kindle anymore? Like, I've my mom gave me a, I think it was a Kindle, and it was broken. And I was, oh, I'll just get it fixed. And it's still sitting on my ledge. I'm looking right at it. I digress. But that, that seems like a bit like the iPad kind of one, that one. Amazon.com, go to Apolog.ca and click on the banner on the right side. Locate your country, Canadian, USA, or UK people have an option to do that. You can bookmark those link banners, and every time you shop on Amazon, you'll be supporting the show. Patreon.com slash Apolog is a place to pledge on a monthly basis as much as you want. Thanks, Michael, Curtis, and Mark for, for, for pitching in again. Can't say enough. Inside Recorders, download codes. If you're a band, and I know you, a lot of you play in bands, and you need to sell your music, and you don't want to make CDs because CDs suck. They do. They just suck. You don't want CDs. Contact me through the Contact Me page on Inside Recorders. I think it's Inside Recorders slash .ca. No. InsightRecorders.com slash contact. I think. Whatever. Regardless. Just hit the Contact Me page. There's other stores. That They're called web stores. You can check them out there, too. Uh, my mixing and in actual physical recording 
contact me for that stuff. I got some great episodes coming up, by the way. Oh, wait. I haven't forgotten yet. Applog.ca slash shop. Don't forget to pre-order the acoustic, the acoustic album. I gave you a little taste at the start there. I don't know if you heard some of it at the very start. You can buy t-shirt. T-shirts are running out. Buy Foursquare Discography. Sh- uh, uh, the, the, all the albums for 20 bucks. Go to Facebook.com slash Pod to like the show on Facebook and catch up on any extra news. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. If you know somebody or you want to be on the show, contact me. Just let me know. I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, right now I'm about a month ahead. I got some great, like I said, I got some great episodes coming up. Episodes I haven't even recorded yet. I'm excited for. I got Connor from Boys Night Out coming back up to, um, they're putting a new album out. This is big news in this community. What else do I got? I got next week. I got, I think it's me and Will McGurk driving around in a car. Uh, nope, it's Brock Pytel and his band, The Slip-Ons, talking about his band. And uh, I think the audio is okay on it. If not, whatever. It'll be a short episode. Um, who else is coming up? Will McGurk, again, coming back for a podcast in a car. Also, Tim Oxford from the Arkells is coming up in about a month's time. So those are the next four episodes coming up. Or three episodes, I guess. And I've got some more coming up. Some awesome ones. And uh, we will see you again. And I thank you so much for listening to the show. We will see you again. Bye now. <laughs>